This is the What's Next podcast, Houston's number one platform where I invite creators to share their journeys and give us a depiction of their visions. Most importantly, the last question I'll ask is, what's next? Episode number 70. Episode number 70. Yes, sir. Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. Welcome back to episode number 70 of the What's Next podcast, a production of Still Visionary, Inc. You already know what time it is. You already know who we are. My name is John Ross, Dr. First. And all my social media handles are right in front of you. This is HB, Pierre Simon Jr. All his social media handles are in front of you. We've got our merch up, and he's got his book, the book we talked about in episode number 33. Stillvisionary.com slash apparel for everything. Stillvisionary.com for everything. Fam, how you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing good, man. I'm glad to be back, man. (laughs) I'm back in the white room. I'm glad to be back. Shout out to three in the white room, man. Appreciate you. LFTP Studios here off of uh, 34th Street. Shout out to three and the white room. Yeah. What's going on with you? Man, I'm happy, man. Uh, it's uh, It's been a long couple of weeks. A lot has gone on in the nation. Um, a lot of questions have been flying around. You know, people have been active in the streets. Mm. Everyone has been active for a cause. Mm. Um but, you know, a lot of the questions, I love the name of the podcast because it's what's next. Yeah. And that question is so important to what we're going to talk about today. So I'm really excited to be here. Uh, for those that will be listening, I-, I can promise you that you're in for a treat. Yeah. Uh, I'm just really, really excited, man. I'm ready to dive into it and, and cook. So where do you want to go first? Well, I'd like to be on the beach somewhere, but uh, since yeah. I can't do that, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, I lived in a great city, um, for about five years recently. Uh, shout out to Atlanta, Georgia, mm. uh, the ATL. Uh, I want to start there Yeah. Uh, with Rashard Brooks. Rest in peace. RIP to Rashard Brooks yeah. and what occurred very recently, uh, not just because it's fresh, but because it's becoming, happens, it's becoming something that we see over and over and over. Yeah. And I feel like unless we address these things and deal with them head on, um, then we will continue to see them. If yeah. we don't create a plan to stop them. Yeah. And so I want to start there. Yeah. I want to kick it off there. So. Yeah. Like I said, man, rest in peace. Um, Kalea Vaughn, who was on episode number 67 of my podcast, she coined a phrase that I had never heard before, and it was trauma porn. And uh, as she explained it, she explained it as the desensitizing of the pain um, that we are witnessing of black men being murdered in America. Right. Um, prior to that conversation, I, I really didn't spend a lot of time watching. I really didn't spend a lot of time watching um, what was going on. I caught glimpses of it on people's Instagrams, right. on people's Facebooks. Um, I took a second to watch God Bless the Dead, Rashad Brooks uh, incident. Yeah. And... Uh, I was flabbergasted, disappointed, to say the least. I was disappointed, um, mostly because of the police officer, right? I was disappointed in him, but I was disappointed in Rashad Brooks as well. And I don't want to speak ill on the dead, but when people say, you know what, that could have been avoided, I, I totally agree if Rashad Brooks did what I would have done in that situation as somebody who has been um, sleep in a drive through line before somebody who has had a couple of drinks. And when he said a couple, really, he's really talking about eight, nine. Yeah. No one has one and a half drinks. And, yeah. I, and I, I agree with you there. Yeah. And so um, what I would have done in that, in that very same situation would have been different. That's why I'm disappointed in him. God bless the dead, man. But um, it's tragic. I just really think, but you know, before we get into that, 
I think that um, if you're watching, um, shout out to everybody watching this episode. Shout out to everybody listening to this episode. Uh, I, I don't have a preference in how you consume this information. I just want you to consume it. You guys got to really sit the hell down and shut up. If you're not going to look at it from the overall standpoint of what's going on. Okay. You know, famous people using their platforms to say, you know what, the police officer could have done this and the police officer could have done that. And what world? Yeah. So it's, to the subject, something that we talked about earlier is we can we can look at the event that occurred and we can say that if Rashad Brooks would have done this, then he would have lived. Uh, and, you know, I thought about this all night and today. Uh, the issue is, is that can only exist if the status quo is the same for everyone. Correct. You see, the issue that we're facing as being black in America is, and I heard uh, Trevor Noah say something very similar, the issue that we're facing being black in America is a moving target. So oftentimes we will hear, if you're peaceful and you comply, then you'll live to see the next day. We've proven that that's not true. If you do what the officer says, you'll live, you'll live to see the next day. We've, we've seen that to not be true. If you peacefully protest, you'll get your point across. We've seen that not to be true. If you tell the officer that you have a legal weapon then you won't get shot multiple times in front of your kid, in front of your girlfriend. We've seen that not to be true. If you're just resting in your home, you should be fine. We've seen that not to be true. So I do understand what you're saying, and I want to talk about that, which is if he would have just allowed himself to be arrested, okay, he would still be alive. But we've seen too many cases where people have allowed themselves to be arrested and to be detained, and they still end up dying in police custody. Mm. So to the people that will say that, uh, he should have done this. I agree with them. Yes, there are probably better options that he could have chosen instead of resisting, fighting, taking a taser, running, pointing mm -hmm. a taser. Mm -hmm. There are better options. But at the point at which you've exhausted all those options over the countless years, and no matter what you do, and you get to a zero-sum game of no matter what I do, there's instance after instance where the black male and white officer dies mm. that's is that is the issue that the black community and those that are for the black cause not the opportunist not the ones that are just taking advantage of this is a time for me to shine or show that i'm in support but the people who are truly for the for the the black cause of equality this is what they're upset at. i think they can all agree with you that yes he probably shouldn't have fought officers, mm -hmm. probably shouldn't have taken the taser, probably mm -hmm. shouldn't have take, took off running, and probably should not have turned and mm -hmm. pointed a taser. Yeah. So here's the thing. Um, when I actually watched the video, I said to myself, you know, looking at the police officer, I said, dude, why are you such a dick? Right. Why you, why you got to be like that? It's obvious you can tell, the whole world can tell, the lady in the, in the drive through line could tell, that this man has had a couple of drinks. Right, right. So why are you exercising this? Oh, you're being cynical to him. You're right. talking to him. You're talking to him like he's beneath you. Right. Uh, and, and you already know he's drunk. So you're asking him the same question over and over and over again. Right. And that might be, I don't know what that process is called, but you're asking him the same question over and over and over and over again. He's giving you the same answer. Right. But you're being, you're being, and I only equate that to the fact that the other police officer, when the guy walked over to get the breathalyzer, the other police officer sounded more cool, calm, and collected. Mm -hmm. He was like, you know, yeah, we're just trying to such and such and such and such, right? Right. He comes back, he gives him the breathalyzer, right? And still, I don't see anything wrong with what's going on right at here. At that point, I, I, I saw nothing wrong at that point. Correct. Um, I felt like even though he was being, you know, macho, macho, he was still doing, the police officer was still doing his job. Up Correct. until the point where he began to arrest the police officer. And this is where we, as those in the black community, we have to be even-handed. Mm. Okay? We have to say that the police officer didn't just show up at the scene. He was called to the scene. And per his job, the police officer was doing his job. Correct. Up until the point, even un, until the point where he was chasing Shot Brooks doing his job, correct. Protecting and serving, correct. However, when you have countless, uh, countless amounts of video and 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 
in times that you have seen those that, that are white not only run away from the police, but I've seen videos recently of dudes absolutely putting hands on the police officer. Mm. I'm talking about two-piece, no side on them. Mm. Three-piece, mm. spicy. Mm. <laughs> huh? <I'm, laughs> and, and, but you know if this is, and I've seen, like I saw a video the other day, this woman, I guess she thought she was in Stranger Things and she was walking up to the officer and conjuring up the spirits from the dead. And I finally just said, Officer, please tase the woman. Mm-hmm. And he finally tased it. But the thing is, is you never see a video or you rarely see a video of a white person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You rarely see a video of a white person doing even something remotely similar to what Rashad Brooks mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. And you see them get shot. Mm-hmm. Shot and killed. Mm-hmm. Now, here is what's interesting. Mm-hmm. A good buddy of mine sent me something that he found on Google. And if I may be so bold... Google don't fail me now. <laughs> Cause I don't want nobody here. Young Pierre. <laughs> Wait a minute. So, now, now I, I, I haven't substantiated this yet, but mm-hmm. this was sent to me that this officer had 12 previous misconduct complaints. Mm. Now, wait a minute now. Mm. now I feel mm-hmm. some in my eyes. Mm. Now, I work in the medical field, as you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, if a doctor or a physician has 12 malpractice complaints mm-hmm. or suits, mm-hmm. I promise you his license is gone mm-hmm. or her license is gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and on that same topic, to draw a parallel here, a good physician, there are, ton, there are way more good doctors and good physicians than there are bad doctors. I Agreed. can promise you that. Agreed. But the reason why even the good doctors have to pay for malpractice insurance it's not because of them, the good doctors. It's because of the bad doctors. Mm-hmm. That's why they have to buy insurance. Mm-hmm. So just like the bad, the, the, the bad doctor should have his license removed, mm-hmm. 12 complaints, 18 with, uh, with, with George Floyd. Yeah, with uh, Shaven, whatever that. I can't even, I won't even say his name. I'm yeah. not going to give him no credit. Yeah. But 18 with him, and he still has a badge. Mm-hmm. We have an issue with not only a moving target when it comes to the black community and what do I, what do I tell my son or what does this, this mother tell her son or her, or her daughter that's black? Mom, how do I survive if I'm facing the cops? Mm-hmm. The fact is parents don't know anymore because the target continues to move. Mm-hmm. The only thing that remains constant is there's a good chance if you're black, you won't come home. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing too much of that. Yeah. So when you say, let's piggyback on the serve and protect part, right? Because um, as an educator, I wouldn't say that I serve and protect. Really, really, I serve and protect as well. And I've been in a situation where kids have been caught smoking dope. And I didn't initially. So I guess, I guess um, there is no equivalence to um, pulling a gun out and shooting somebody. An unarmed man who's running with his back to you. There's no equivalent to that. But if I could equate it to something, I would say that a kid smoking dope on campus would be like me walking him into the principal's office. Right. Right. When I catch a kid smoking dope on campus, I'm not doing that initially. My first thought to him is like, listen, you got to talk to me and ask, and you got to answer why you're doing that here on campus. Right. Okay. Now, I don't encourage you to smoke anytime. But if you're going to smoke and do all of that stuff that you would do in your personal life, just keep that in your personal life. Just don't bring that stuff on school because then you put us into the position where we have to correct your behavior by sending you to a disciplinary school. You get time out of school. You uh, miss out on classroom information. Right. You you, you have all these. We have to withdraw you. We have to send you over to this other school. So leave the personal stuff that you do at home. That would be the equivalence. Right. You say serve and protect. You said something about he was serving and protecting. What do you say to people that say, oh, the police officer could have called him a ride home? Yeah, so, so here's one thing. I'm going to be very objective, and I may not be liked after this. I may lose a couple Instagram friends, but listen, <laughs> anyone that says it needs to sit tight and sit down. Yeah. And here's why you need to sit tight and sit down. The police officer's job is to protect and serve, guys. So when you hear someone saying, well, he could have called him an Uber. Listen, up until the point where the police officer pulled his weapon mm-hmm. okay, and, just, and made a bad decision 
And I'm not saying I'm right in everything, but yeah. in this, this is my opinion. Up until the point that he pulled his gun mm-hmm. and made the decision in a public area where there were other people, mm-hmm. made the decision to use a lethal weapon against a taser, which was not lethal against him. Mm-hmm. One, you have the car right there. You have his registration. You have the license plate. You can, you can get a warrant for his arrest. You have all of his information right there. Yeah. You have his name. Correct. Okay, so... At the point at which you decide to pull your weapon and make a bad decision, now you're doing something that's becoming a pattern when this white police officer against black male. However, to this notion of he could have called him an Uber, he could have called his friend, he could have escorted him home. Guys, stop that. That's not the police officer's job. And we, as the black community, we have to be even-handed and say, listen, that's not the police officer's job. Correct. He's not a social worker. Correct. He's not, he's not an Uber XL. Mm-hmm. His job is to protect and serve. Now, he's not your homeboy. He's not your partner. Yeah. So, again, up until the point that he pulled his weapon, I did not see anything that he did out of line, even though he was talking the way yeah. that I didn't enjoy I didn't it. like his tone, but, yeah, I mean, that's, that's for everybody. That's subjective. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. subjective. I've been talked bad. By, by black officers mm-hmm. doesn't mm-hmm. mean that they hate black people mm-hmm. but up until that point he hadn't done anything in my opinion mm-hmm. wrong mm-hmm. the problem comes I'm going to jump on Rashad Brooks side for a second correct go ahead there's something in every human called fight or flight mm. okay mm. now I I can't pretend to get into get inside of his mind and say that here is what he was thinking yeah but we're less than three. We, at that time, we were less than three weeks out yeah. of George Floyd. Yeah. Breonna Taylor, uh, Amy Cooper and, and Central Park had just made her false claim. Yeah. And we have guys being hung around the nation. Yeah. And so at some point, for those that say, well, he just should have stood there and got arrested. Yeah. Well, at some point, fight or flight is going to kick in and say, listen, if I sit here and get arrested, I might die. Yeah. If I take off running, I like my chances. I like my odds. Yeah. And so all that, you know, he could have called him an Uber or he should have just let himself get arrested. Those things only apply if you are in, a, in an equal society where whether you're black or white is equal for both. And that is not the case in the great U.S. of A. Yeah. Yeah. So that doesn't apply. Yeah. And I got to, um, I want to. Again, it's so it's a touchy subject to um, speak ill on the dead. So I'm going to be as delicate as I can. One thing I like about what Rashad Brooks did was he openly came out and said, listen, I didn't have a drink and a half. Like I said, like we said before, a drink and a half really translates to more drinks. Three or four. Yeah. I mean, five or six. <laughs> but um, he openly admits to um, having a couple of drinks. He did. He... Um, Agrees to the um, test. To, to the sobriety, sobriety and the breathalyzer. Yeah, and to walk or whatever he was doing before. Right. Um, at this point in my head, I'm thinking, listen, you subconsciously know you're already gone. Rashard Brooks. Right. You know you're gone. If there's a chance that you can make it out of here. Make it out. Make it out. Make it out. They arrest you. Take the charge, dog. But But... And let me jump on this for a second, because I agree with you, but how many have been arrested, taken the charge, Freddie Gray, and still, ended up, still ended up dead? You see, yeah. we, we live in a time where it's literally, it's, it's, it's a lose-lose. Yeah. It's a feeling of lose-lose because, and, and here is the craziest part about it. Yeah. It's only seen as a lose-lose now because we have video camera, we have footage. Mm. But we talked about this in 67. How many Amy Coopers, I believe was her name, in Central Park? Yeah, 66. Sorry, 66, 66, yeah. Sorry. How many black males are in prison and or jail right now because it was not recorded? Yeah, You see, that's the scary part. So we, for those people that say, well, it doesn't happen that often. No, 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 let me stop you. You don't see video that mm-hmm. often because I can call 20 of my black friends and 19 of the 20 have had a run-in with a police officer where they were treated poorly. Mm. So we have to first understand that for everyone that jumps out and says, well, he should have did this. Keep in mind that that only applies when you're in a just equal 
society. Yeah. Yeah. And that is not where we are right now. I think it's just tragic, man. Um, because of the simple fact that here you have a man um, who has children. Right. Um, they have to grow up without a father. It's just tragic that, um, it's really tragic, man. I, I, you know, I said, and I understood why Kalea said she doesn't watch it anymore because of the, her mental health is affected by yeah. watching these men, um, black men specifically, be killed. And so I spent, the, you know, for things, for reasons I won't um, repeat on the podcast, right? When I was talking to my baby brother, shouts to him, man. He just completed law school. Um, finna do big things in this world. I was talking to him. I used some pretty vulgar language in reference to some of these celebrities that were jumping out to quickly say, man, he could have, he could have done this. Or he could have done that. I used some vulgar language and, 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 you know, I would hope that one day they caught the podcast. So I'm not going to use any names. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to use any names and I'm not going to curse them out, but yeah, man, uh, it's, it's just tragic to, uh, you know, be, um, in this moment again. It's tragic to be in this moment. Um, and that's why I really love the, the name of your podcast because it really comes down to what's next. Yeah. Uh, and not just what's the next topic we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, because that actually feeds into when you're faced with a, if I go left, I'm dead. If I go right, yeah. I'm dead. And we know that it's happening even more, but all of it is not recorded. The yeah. question has to exist. What do I do? Yeah. And I've had so many people call and ask me, well, Pierre, what is the, what, what do we do? Do we get arrested? Yeah. Cause we die in, in custody. Yeah. Do we stand there? Cause we get choked to death. Yeah. No do doubt. we take off running? I like my chances when I was 18. I had a decent 40. <laughs> right now, I, I, what, what do we do? Yeah. You, you're at a point in society where if you're a black male that you don't have the answer to, what do I do to ensure I can get home to see my kids or to see my mom again? Yeah. And that is an issue. Yeah. An outward war. Yeah. I, um, going on to this um, next topic, I think that uh, we as black people really need to understand the game of chess. Yeah. Um, and I was reminded how important that game is because I was, you know, I'm I'm trying to catch up on the wire right now. And in season one, D is explaining the game of chess to a couple of guys that work under him. Right, right. right? And the, you know, it's it's not so much of the capturing the queen that that makes chess chess. It's more so of the thinking two to three to four steps of ahead. Right. And being able to, within those four steps, think about what the person's going to do to advance and capture your queen and defend that option. Right. So we as black people need to learn to that analogy of playing chess. Right. When we're leaving the house, right, with this outward, inward battle, understand what outward is hitting us and then be able to respond with an inward something something strategic right and that's and that's what's so key i like what that word strategic because when you think about chess it's not even just looking three to four to five moves ahead mm -hmm. but you have a goal in mind mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. so i don't care if it's protesting uh those that want to discuss why are they riding why are they Whatever you're doing, if you are in a war, whether it's a mental war or a physical war, mm -hmm. just going out shooting willy-nilly, you're going to kill a couple of them, but you're also going to kill a couple of your people, and you're not going to advance as effective as you could have. So I think it is important for us as a community, if the cause is to, is to, be, is to receive equality, is to have social justice, is to progress the community forward. If that is the goal, the end result, then we need, our leaders need to be getting together and working with the community to say, here is phase one, here is phase two, here is phase three. Now let's go all and implement. I read something today from a good friend of mine. Uh, shout out to Brian Barry Austin. He sent in our group chat, he said, everyone in this revolution mm. must play a part. Mm. Now, there will be people who will play multiple parts in this revolution. 
Mm-hmm. There will be educators. There will be mentors. There will be those that are on the front lines with marching. There will be those preaching from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. But uh, there will be those registering people to vote. But whatever mm-hmm. your role is, you have to take that role with full force and you have to run with it. Yeah. To the best of your ability. Yeah. So. You know, um, speaking on revolution, you know, last episode, well, the episode we did prior to this one, 66, now playing on all streaming platforms. Um, we played Bloodshed a lot. And, you know. Um, shout out to Eves. Shout out to Eves, man. I would hit the air horn, but I, I abused that last episode. You abused <laughs> that air horn. Listen, to all those listening to this and watching me, please pay close attention. This man hit that air horn so many times, I had nightmares that a trumpet was chasing me around all day. You were killing that air horn. I wanted to break down that record because I feel it's so um, prevalent to the episode. But right. one word, one one lyric that uh, really stood out to me was, "Want to get to the root? Check the present tense. Check the president." Mm. And then he says the N word um, without hesitance, right? And um, you mentioned leaders. When the when the president comes out and he says, "When the looting starts, the shooting starts," how do we how are we to perceive that from him? So I think it's important to de- to decipher between who is the leader of the nation and who is a leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is in the leadership position of the nation, but he is not, in essence, right now being a leader. Mm-hmm. A leader's job is not a leader's job is to do exactly what, what that says, which is to lead. Is to get those that you aim to lead, mm-hmm. get them all to one end result. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when the leader comes out and says, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, the first thing he should be thinking is what message am I sending mm-hmm. with whatever I say? And I don't want to spend too much time yeah. on 45 asterisk because I don't want to give a lot. I, I don't, yeah. that's episode 900. I'll be here all day. <laughs> um, but when I hear certain things, like when he, when he, and we know he tweeted a lot of crazy things. Mm-hmm. When he tweeted, uh, well, tonight, you know, they were protesting, but tomorrow is Magonite. You see, it's your job to be divisive and divide is your job to try to bring the country together. Correct. If division already exists, and if you add in more division, you're just making it smaller, more and more and more. Mm-hmm. So at what point do you, as a leader, say, you know what? One, maybe I need to stay my ass off Twitter for one day. Just one day. I, give me one. Mm-hmm. And maybe I need to focus less on me and more about my country, mm-hmm. more about my nation. And here is the fact that I need my community to, community to understand. Whether you like Donald Trump or you hate Donald Trump, if Donald Trump fails, we all fail. Mm-hmm. Let me provide you an example. Donald Trump failed in how he responded to COVID. Mm. Can anyone out there listening tell me which country is the most affected by COVID? The great U.S. of A. Mm-hmm. So whether you like the sitting president or not, and it was the same thing for Obama and Bush and Clinton. You don't have to like them, but we should not want the president to fail because if he fails, we all fail. Correct. So anyway, yeah. that's, that's all I'm going to give him. because yeah. yeah, the outward inward battle. Yeah. Okay, so we spoke about outward, um, and uh, I guess my rebuttal to outward, inward would be chess, but let's talk let's, the inward part about that. What does that look like for us? Yeah, so, so here's what we're facing. Um, before we get off the outward, it's important to know that the black community is, is in a battle, in a tug-of-war battle between two major forces. Okay. You have the outward force that we've been talking about, which consists of white privilege, uh, inequalities that exist in America, apathy, people that know something is going on and just don't care, uh, oppression, systemic um, oppression, systemic targeting, mm-hmm. wage gaps, mm-hmm. educational gaps. Mm-hmm. These are the outward forces that have existed for so many years in America, yet we're just now saying, man, I'm glad that COVID has shed a light on this. Well, the truth is, it's been here forever. And this is something that the black community has been facing. And I tell all my friends, I was in the group chat today, and I said, hey, guys, there's nobody more excited about the energy 
that I feel in the community right now. We're marching, we're protesting, we're knocking down racist companies, we're holding people accountable, we're making sure that if you have not hired minority leadership, you got to answer for us. The NFL has been held accountable now. Mm. Still not giving them credit yet. No gold stars given. And let me say this. Uh, good job. You were, you were, you were, you were, I'm oh, yeah. going to say, because you're the, you're the most, <laughs> you're the person to, that I, I got to give a credit to. You are, you came through with that one. So it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> not a week after we had that, that um, podcast episode. Yeah. Uh, Goodell came out with the absolute trashest mm-hmm. statement. Mm-hmm. And here is my thing. Well, first off, he came out with, with the post. Mm-hmm. We in the NFL feel sad about what happened in Minnesota. Stop it. Your actions show completely different. And then a week after we said that on the podcast, mm-hmm. he comes out with a video. Mm-hmm. So here is the thing. I say to the community, and I continue to remind myself, my mentor told me, he said, Pierre, when those that have stood silent for so long and are been a part of the problem begin to show change, we, it is upon us to accept that change, partner with them, and move forward. And I rebut it to him. Bobby, if you're listening, <laughs> I agree with you, but it's important for us to note that change is not words. Mm-hmm. I need to see action. Mm-hmm. Okay, I need you to do two things, just like Malcolm said it. You stabbed me with the nine-inch knife, pulling the knife out three inches. That, in essence, is not progress. Mm. It is but only when the knife is completely out of my back and you do two things, which is one, admit that you stabbed me, a.k.a. admit that you've been a part of the problem, and then two, you proactively work to heal the wound. Which would be that he needs to... Come on. Come on with it. Get cap a job. Listen, he needs to come out publicly and say, we were wrong, and yes, we did blackball. Mm. Okay? You got to holler at me. Mm-hmm. Okay? And if we all, if I can sit here right now and name eight quarterbacks that are worse than Kaepernick, hell, I can name eight quarterbacks that are worse than me in the NFL. <laughs> and I can't even throw a football. <laughs> You can't tell me Cap can't play in the NFL. Yeah. And you couldn't tell me that he couldn't play in 2016. Yeah, 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 yeah. So those are the outward, that, that's the outward war mm-hmm. that we have been fighting for so long. And again, a good friend of mine, uh, Harrison, said, he said, I'm, I'm so excited with the, uh, he said, I'm excited with the energy that I feel in the community. And I agree with him. I'm very excited with the energy that I feel in the community. But here is the transition. And this is so important to me. It's probably the most important thing to me. And it is when we begin to see quantitative change from the outward war, if we don't take that same energy and focus and drive that we have on that outward war and transition that energy and focus and drive to our inward battles that we face within the community, then it's like getting the lap band surgery and having the same eating habits. You'll lose weight immediately, but if you have the same eating habits, the same mentality, the same inward battle, you're going to gain that weight right back. And that inward battle for our community is we need mentors. We need a heavier focus on education. We need those taking up their part in the revolution, signing people up to vote. Yeah. We need, I'll tell you a funny story. So you know I wrote a book. Shout out to the Flight of the Phoenix. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Where my horns? <laughs> Shout out to the Flight of the Phoenix. I wrote a book, The Flight of the Phoenix. You're, not, you're not about to give, because, you know, I'm, I'm a terrible no, reader. No, no, okay, no, okay, no, okay, no, okay, no. okay, cool, 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 cool. This is just a quick One of my assignments for the summer. It is. Okay. This is just a quick anecdote. So, <laughs> yeah. so I wrote this book, and I was with a family member of mine who will remain nameless. Mm-hmm. And she was saying, oh, uh, uh, P, uh, you know, I love to read now. I just bought three books. I said, oh, really, which ones did you buy? And she shared with me which books that she, she had purchased. And I said, oh, yeah, those are good. And she you know, walked me through the premise and what they're about. 
I said, oh, th- those are really nice books. And she said, hey, I want to get your book, too. I'm, I'm going to get an e-book version so I can read it on my phone. I said, yeah, that's fine. She said, how much is it? I said, it's, um, it's, it's $3.99. She said, okay, do you have a promo code? <laughs> I said, a promo code? I said, for a $3.99 book after you just told me you just spent $60 on authors that you will never meet that you don't know, that don't look like you? I said, yeah, I have a promo code. It's GT. F O H. And she said, she put it in. She said, Are you sure that's it? It ain't working. I said, Don't worry. Give it a little bit. It'll settle in on you. But I told that story because the other, the other part of the inward battle that we face is black patronage. You know, it is on, we only see the support black business signs and t shirts. When a black man dies, mm, there's mm, something mm, wrong with that. Mm, mm, mm. That's not the only time that black businesses need your support. They need your support when we're not dying. Mm, mm, so mm. when I look at, you know, I got my notes. Too. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. When I look at the inward battle that we face, and I just listed a few this morning because I did not want to forget them. Something you said last night that stood out to me, which was. We need those giving guidance to the next generation. Oh, without a doubt, man. We need those mentoring, mm. educating, mm. registering people to vote, providing mm. scholarships, yeah. and patroning black businesses. Yeah. You know, um, part of the inward battle for me was I've had kids on my podcast before that graduated from Walter High School. And, you know, and going back and listening to that episode, I said to myself, have I asked these kids if they're registered to vote? So I sent out text messages. Um, they are the next generation. Yeah. So if they don't vote because either they're not aware of what's going on, right. they don't care what's going on, or they don't feel it'll affect them, right. we're Lost. Lost. So I took that and I said, you know what? I might not um, be mentoring like I need to be mentoring because I think that mentoring falls in line with what I do in the classroom anyway. Right, right. You know, the you know, people might as people have said, hey, school teachers are babysitters. Well, you're damn right because somebody not giving your kid the attention. Right. And if it's me giving them the attention, then cool. Let me be the one. But. If that's my lane, I got I to gotta make sure that not only am I guiding, but I'm also asking the pertinent questions. Right, right. Are you registered to vote? And do you because know now, why it's important? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because now more than ever, this year right here, I don't think we can go through another four years. So. We will if we have to. Well, uh, there, uh, I might play the lottery and hope I win and move to Madagascar. <laughs> uh, but. I like what you said, which is, and it's really powerful. If you are in the mentoring role and you have the ability to positively affect the inward battle that, that the black community faces daily, then take that charge and run off into the sunset with it because mm-hmm. oftentimes these kids, most, most minority kids, they probably don't have someone investing into them mentally and just saying, hey, I don't want anything from you, but I want everything for you. Yeah. I want you to be better than I was because JR, you and me, we're done already. Yeah. Our time is gone. Yeah. The next generation that we have the ability to affect, those are the ones that are going to, that are going to create the next world for us, the next United States of America. Mm-hmm. It's upon us to nurture their minds right now. So I'm in complete agreement with you. I will say this about the N-word battle, and I don't know if if in that list you mentioned this, but one thing we as black people have to do, and I want to look directly in the camera for this, is we got to stop pointing the finger. Let me slide back so I can whistle. We got to stop pointing the finger. And first of all, I think change comes with accepting what we've done wrong. Yeah, that's a part of it. Got to be. And I know that, you know, you know, I have to, again, 
I pray not to watch these videos. When we were talking last night, you said, you know, for educational purposes, but you know, so for, for me, me yeah. for me, I know it. Like I, I, my wife works at nighttime. Right. I spend a lot of time sitting up, just thinking, working, thinking, sit back, you know, especially when, you know, uh, when you have to, tr- when you have to deal with the tragedy of burying your own. Right. Right. Uh, in those, in those nights, those nights get longer mm-hmm. when you don't know, hey, you know what? People are dying in their sleep. People are dying by being um, um, victims of police brutality. People are dying in accidents. People are getting shot in our community right. by people that look like us in our community. So sometimes you sit up and you're just like, man, you know, damn, oh, man, I don't want to go to sleep tonight. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, and, and for those listening and watching, I want to make sure that you all understand that we're not saying N-word mm-hmm. battle. Yeah. We're saying N-word. Like N-word. I-N-W-A-R-D. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I want to make sure, make sure that's clear. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, I got to back up off the mic. <laughs> so the N-word battle. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I didn't want to watch the video of what occurred uh, in Atlanta. Um, what I want is, it's kind of like when people were deciding to vote between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. You mm. heard a lot of people saying, I want to vote for the lesser of two evils. Regardless of who you voted for and what you believe in, most people felt like, well, we're voting for the lesser, we're going to try to vote for the lesser of two evils. And that's what a lot of black kids are facing today when they're with the police officer. Mm. What's the lesser of two evils here? Mm. Fight back or lesser of five evils. Fight mm. back, take off running, hope my 40 time still holds up. Mm. Lay there, mm. tell them that I have a weapon, put my hands up and ask to not be shot. What, what is the lesser of these evils? Mm. But at the point at which, regardless of what you do, you lose, it's almost like, it's a, it's a feeling in the community of hopelessness. Mm. Like, regardless of what I do, mm-hmm. I'm going to lose. And that's why, though I feel like we have to fix the outward and the system, and we have to protest, and we have to create legislation to ensure that we have representation, and that we're not shot dead in the streets. At the same time, we have to keep that same energy with those things that affect us inwardly. And the one that we haven't talked about, mm. and maybe we'll save it for another episode, is mm-hmm. the same zeal and rage that I feel when I see an officer kill one of my own unjustly. I feel the exact same zeal and rage when I see one of my own kill and or promote killing another one of my own. Yeah. And if you don't feel that same rage, mm-hmm. then you are, sir or ma'am, a part of the problem. Mm. In this moment, man, um, I think about my man from college, rest in peace, Cecil Brown. He mm. was murdered New Year's Eve of 2019. At an establishment. It, yeah. Didn't make it to see the new year. Had a kid too, I believe. Sad. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Rashad Brooks. Rest in peace to George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery. You know, it's a sad day when you can actually go down a list. I read something today. Um, I'm trying to remember who posted it. Because if I remember who posted it, I can put... Oh, I know who posted it. It was Snoop Dogg. Mm. He posted uh, that was Germany. Let me get the countries. It was Germany. I want to say Sweden. Well, he just basically posted several... It was three countries that he posted as far as how long uh, police officers had to be go through training. So I think one, one place was like three years mm. or three-year degree. Mm-hmm. One place was like two years of training, mm-hmm. and then you got to the United States, and it was you can become a police officer without a high school diploma. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not saying anything against anyone without a high school diploma, but mm-hmm. 
if you are going to hold such a prominent position where you literally are the deciding factor between life and death, should you not have more training and adequate training in the sense to say, if this guy's running away from me and I'm in a public area with other people, should I pull my weapon and fire my weapon or are there, is someone more trained, would they say, well, you know what? I have his first and last name. I have his vehicle with VIN number, license plate. I have his information so I can put out warrant, get a warrant for his arrest. Would that be, especially knowing the current status of the nation? Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, man. Before we, before we conclude, I did want to, I want to dive briefly into a topic that I think most people in the black community have been faced with recently, and that is, and let me speak frankly, white people. Mm. Dear white people, no pun intended. Yeah, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but there are really uh, three topics that I want to briefly discuss and get your thoughts on it, Jr. Yeah. And I'm going to start off with the most important one. I had a, a white friend of mine. He said to me, he said, Pierre, uh, your cause is being overshadowed by those that are opportunist, uh, rioting and looting, and, and just trying to take advantage of a situation. I said, let me stop you right there. Because you've already gone wrong. Mm. Because at the point at which social justice and, and equality for all is my cause and not all of our cause, mm. then we've already lost. Mm -hmm. You've already done something wrong. Yeah. And this, is, this may not be popular amongst uh, several of my friends, and that's okay. I still love you because God told me to. And maybe Jesus told me to as well. But if it's my cause and not yours too, you are a part of the problem. Yeah, because I was going to say the word your show. Um, I had to look it up because I didn't know there was a pronoun until now. Mm -hmm. But it shows uh, possession. Right. So for him to say your cause, it, it almost will make me look like, okay. Yeah. I'd almost be turned off in that moment. And see, I'm, I'm grateful that um, the uh, Caucasian people that I associate with on a daily basis don't use vernacular like that. And, and and here's the thing, and let me let me be even handed. All in all, I believe that this person is a good person. Okay. You see, and we'll talk about this on a future episode, the three-headed monster, but he falls into the category of either someone who sees what's going on and decides to be apathetic because it doesn't affect them, mm. or he falls into the category that has allowed himself to be blinded. Mm. Both are a part of the problem. It's just one is on the left side and one is on the right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Racism um, has never been louder. Facts. Than it is um, as of uh, June the 16th, 2020. It's never been louder. Facts. I mean, there, there, there were times that it was screaming, um, but I wasn't alive then. I wasn't either. So... Um, Shout out to Juneteenth, by the way. Oh, no doubt. Shout out to Juneteenth. Especially uh, the state of Texas, the great state of Texas. Especially in the great state of Texas. And I want to ask you something, too. Yeah. Your thoughts when someone who is white tells you that they should peacefully protest and not violently protest. What are your thoughts? Who should peacefully protest? They. Um, Y'all. You know, um, this would, this would, you know, for me, I'm a, let me, let me, let me be f quite frank with you. Please do. One of my issues that I've struggled with is finding the connection in people in social settings. Right. And, you know, this is where you adopt that fake laugh that, you know, that, word or two that keeps you connected to the conversation. Right. But you're really not connected. You're just listening. Right. And you're waiting for a dead moment in the conversation to look at your phone, to turn the other way and walk off, mm -hmm. 
Um, so to answer your question, I think that my radar is up for that dry response that comes from people from, from a white person that would ask me that question. You know, first of all, I like to say that I'm a, a cordial person, but I'm not very friendly. You know, you see me and I might fit the stereotype. You see me tall, black guy, beard, mm-hmm. hair all over the place. That's going to change soon, y'all. Um, and, you know, I might not be the approachable person to step to with that. So, you know, coming to me and you're asking me, are you going to pro- um, peacefully protest or violently protest? I don't think that I'd be approached in that manner. So I've been approached in that manner. Yeah. Uh, and my quick answer is, um, personally, I, I would not violently protest. Yeah. But at the same time, I have to be even-handed and say that if you kill a family member of mine, you might as well go ahead and get the fire hoses ready because I'm burning everything down yeah. from top to bottom. Yeah. Because I know my family is not going to do something yeah. where they deserve to be murdered in the street. So you might as well go ahead and get the fire hoses ready. All, yeah. the, all, all this coming down. But that said, um, for those that have asked me that, I need you to understand something. You cannot have your cake and eat it too. You cannot want X and also want Y. You can't say peacefully protest and when you received peaceful protest, no change was had. Yeah. Okay. You can't say, in fact, we've seen more legislation and change because of violent protests now. Yeah. And we have ever seen from the years of peaceful protesting. Now, it doesn't say that peaceful protesting doesn't have its place because I believe that it does. But it, for every one of my white friends that would ask, what does violent protesting solve? You first have to ask yourself, are you happy and proud to be an American? That same flag that you claimed and changed the narrative that Colin Kaepernick was degrading mm. or going against, which he wasn't. Mm. Because if you're proud to be an American, then you also have to be proud of violent protests. Because you could not have been an American without a violent protest. And for my smart asses that would say, well, that was well before my time. Then I just have to ask you, if you don't believe in violent protests then, then you shouldn't believe in it now. Mm. Then you shouldn't be an American. Mm. And you should have no problem with Colin mm. Kaepernick taking a knee. Yeah. You see, you you can't play both sides of the fence. Yeah. And if you are peacefully protesting and they're not listening, you have to yell. If you're yelling and they're not listening, you have to fight. If you're fighting and they're not listening, you have to protest. If if you're protesting and they're not listening, then you got to burn this mother... (laughs) (laughs) Yo, Pierre knows the button. (laughs) (laughs) I got the budget, man. But I will say this, man, to answer the question. Um, I'm going to peacefully protest, and this is why I say Likewise. that. I remember being in high school and, uh, you know, coming from the southwest side of Houston, Texas. Uh, being in high school, I went to school on the north side, and this is when we had the north and south wars mm-hmm. right back in the day in the city. And um, I remember, uh, man... It just takes so much energy to be mad all the time. All the time. You know, it takes a lot of energy for you to, to pick up a brick and throw a brick aimlessly at somebody's window. Yeah. So I can imagine that, that to violently protest, you got to be ready for what's going to happen to you. Right. Right. And that's the, that's the reason why bloodshed was so prevalent in in 66 is because listen like i said it's only one way to do that you can't i can't violently protest risk going to jail i got a mortgage to pay i got to be responsible for kids on a daily basis i got nieces and nephews that look up to me i can't violently protest and then go and act like i never did any that's a full-time job Right. The people that are violently protesting, that's what they're there to do. Yeah. And in this war, in this team, like, let me piggyback off of 66. That's not my lane. Yeah. My lane is not to violently protest. I will be out there to peacefully protest. And then as soon as, you know, they, you know, tasing and, and throwing the tear gas and all of that, I'm going to take a step back 
listen, I got to live to see tomorrow. And we have to leave. We do have to live to see tomorrow. It is important to note, though, you know, one of the biggest differences between activism in the community today versus um, back in the day. And this is not a shout out on anyone is back in the day. They were willing to die for the progression of a cause. But a great man once said to me, if you die, then you can no longer progress the cause. Mm. And so the goal is to not yeah, I heard someone say it once before. I was arguing with a good friend of mine in England, and and she and he said, um, "Yeah, England really won the World War. We lost the most men." And no offense, my English friends, and I just replied with, "You don't win a war by losing men. <laughs> you you win the war by not losing men." And mm-hmm. this is take nothing away from any, but it's just interesting that we have to remember that if we're not there in order to fight then will we actually win the fight? So to wrap all that up, whether it's peaceful or violent, first off, those that have never been oppressed, those that have never been targeted, had your head slammed against a police car, had guns drawn on you, you can't say you want peaceful protest, and then when you have peaceful protest, say, okay, well, now you're violently protesting because you had peaceful protest and nothing changed, okay? When we are peaceful, we still get shot and murdered in the streets. So... If, like Trevor said, if the societal contract is consistently broken with a people, then what is the incentive for the people to uphold said societal contract? Now, they may have a moral contract that says, I'm not going to burn something down or burn down a business, but I am going to protest. I am going to register people to vote. I am going to mentor. I am going to educate. So we all have our lanes and things that we can do to progress the cause, but my ultimate ask and plead and beg of everyone watching and listening is in the words of Nike just do it <laughs> stop talking about it and mm-hmm. do it yeah yeah last question for you JR white friend called me and she said Pierre I have two young kids you and I have known each other for a long time I feel like you know who I am I say yeah of course I know how you are Kelly you great person Worked together, had the same territory. Um, And she said, what can I do to ensure that my children understand the complexities that exist within America? What can I do to help them not see color? I said, well, your first question was great, but let me deal with the second first. I said, it's okay that they see color because it exists. Mm -hmm. It's It's not being blind to it that makes them do the right thing. It's them being a good person and you teaching them to be a good person. So I want to ask you, what can she and others like her that are genuine people and good people, what can they do to ensure that they're doing their part with their kids or for the, for the cause? I think that um, the most important thing is, I don't know if the correct, is it sympathy or empathizing? Being able to understand. Empathize. Empathizing. That's, that's the most important thing. See, when you can understand what somebody's going through, even if you haven't experienced it, then it propels you to do things that you're not asked to do. Right. What I mean by that is you see that black men are being murdered, right, by um, a man that looks like what your son will become. Right. A grown-up white man. What you can do is you can... Start petitions. You can um, start the conversation. Right. You know, I think a lot of times we tiptoe. And I'm not talking about black people. Mm -hmm. When white people get around black people and black people get around white people, there's that elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know what, I know what's going on. And you know what, um, let's not talk about it. But... We can have a peaceful conversation about it because then you just need to hear what's going on with people, what we take to the house, what we talk to our wives and our kids about. You need to hear this conversation and take that conversation back to your house and express to your kids, well, look, America is the land of the free. This country was built on the backs of people who initially didn't want to be here but came here. Right. They were forced to have kids, they were forced to be servants and doing all of this. But if you have that conversation, it starts with a conversation. You got to converse about it, even if it makes you feel uncomfortable. Right. 
and empathize. I would say empathy is the first is the start. Being able to connect with that, even if you can't connect with it. Right. I mean, uh, you know, to piggyback on that, I'm watching this video today and, you know, I felt genuine compassion through the phone watching the, the kid. No, not the kid. Oh, are you talking about the kid that about the hit behind the car? Cause oh, the I was going to talk about that earlier, but I'm talking about um, a guy pulled up and pulled up on um, some protesting people. They were white. White guy came out. He was like, I love my country. I love my race. And I was just like, dude, you need to, somebody needs to just smack you. Yeah. Get in the car and keep going. Why are you bothering people that want to obviously see change? That's, that's definitely called for a two-piece no side order. <laughs> um, preferably on Dollar Tuesdays. Because <laughs> uh, you want that two-piece to be short and sweet and quick. I also want that two-piece to be a dollar again. Uh, come on, yeah. You, you know who you are. We're not going to say your name because you're not sponsoring us yet. But you know who you are. Come off that two-piece, man. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, that, that kid hiding behind that car, man, is tragic. It, it's tragic. And back to the original question. The mom or, or my white friends, I tell them, educate mm. your children and yourself. I had a good friend of mine. He's actually much older than me, but he called me today and he's just said, Pierre, I just want to learn from your experience. Talk to me about your experience. We work together. He's been with the company over 30 years. He said, you know, I know you from a work point of view, but have you ever faced like being treated poorly by an officer? Yeah. I said, how much time do you have? <laughs> um, and, and, and after I finished talking with him, he was almost in tears because he, he it's just not in his world. Yeah. And so I tell my white friends, educate yourself, educate your kids on what's been happening, what continues to happen. And then you too have to take action because like we talked about earlier, if this is just my cause, then you are part of the problem. And you see, here is how you know it. Most races in this nation, and I don't mean racist people, I mean most races, mm -hmm. they can see a dog mm -hmm. with no food, mm -hmm. stuck under a truck or something, mm -hmm. and they will all run to that dog's aid. Yeah. Nobody feels uncomfortable to talk about it. Yeah. Nobody feels like, well, you know, it ain't affecting me. So, you know, I, it's not my dog. No. Yeah. yeah. All races, they're going to go help that dog. Now, I have to ask this question. How is it that a canine mm. is treated better in some cases than a human of a darker hue? Yeah. We that have is, an issue. Yeah, I mean, you, they will put you under the jail, man. If you shoot, if you put down a dog, man, under the jail. <laughs> and I don't care what no one says. That that incident that occurred in New York, mm. you better believe the way she was choking that dog out had something to do with it because they took the dog from her. Mm. They took the dog from her. Yeah. And so, all in all, I told. And I'll continue to tell my friends, educate yourself, educate your kids, take action. If you truly believe in this cause, in equality and social justice, take action. Every time you hear one of your friends say that taking a knee for the anthem is disrespecting the flag, stop them in their tracks because the, or is disrespecting the military. Stop them in their tracks because the military did not fight for you to stand. They fought for you to have the right to stand or the freedom to kneel. Yeah. So do your part and take up arms in this cause. And that's a great place to start. Yeah. You know, Houston, Texas, I told you P.S. Simon would be back. <laughs> I like the budget. I got to use the budget. I like the budget. I told you P.S. Simon would be back before June was ended. And, and uh, listen, June 19th, huh? Juneteenth, baby. Juneteenth. Juneteenth. We Juneteenth. here. Juneteenth. June 19th. Yeah, June 19th. Uh, we'll come up with a time, but by the time it drops, you you know, you'd be already in the episode. In the episode. So uh, 67 dropped, 68 dropped, 69 drops this Thursday. Well, yesterday. And 70, Friday, Juneteenth. Tomorrow. Wait, today? No, today's uh, Tuesday. Oh, yeah, Friday. Friday. June so 10th. by the time you watch this, we're, we're speaking in the past tense because we have already dropped the episode. Back to the future. You already know what time it is, man. Yeah,
My name is John Ross, Dr. First. This is my man, HB, strong name, HB Pierre Simon Jr. This is the What's Next podcast, episode number 70. Listen, I do what I do for myself to prove that I can do it for others. Peace and blessings. Yo, I feel like 95. is a hobby and I'm wildin' in my wallies and them valleys, no Pilates. More way get you more wet. Now that's these Bumanti. My crystal ball, I see crystal. I crystal y'all with that. I saw the sign like Ace Space. That Ace of Space get cracked. We like, cheers to the money guy. The Willie nigga. Who buy them bottles? And then they spill these liquors. Yo, yo, salute my dude. I see you, dog. Overdose, overdose, yes we did.